Thank you for listening to the third episode of All for Love podcast. Today I have very special guests. I have Diana and her husband, Victor, and we're going to speak about their love story and their um, their missions and even local missions. Um, and what we'll do is uh, start off with introducing them and saying hello. So if you can too say hello to whoever is listening out there. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for ha- for coming and for uh, for being here. I look forward to everything that you're going to say. Um, and I'll just start off with a prayer because I do want all of this to be all for love and all, always glorifying to God. Yeah. Um, so... Dear Lord, thank you so much for just this day, for having us here. And you say in your word that when two or more gathered in your name, that you're here with us. And I just pray, Lord God, that you will be um, throughout this entire podcast just smiling down on our conversations. And I just pray, Lord God, that whoever listens may be inspired. And if there's um, anything that you want us to add to it, um, let us speak it uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd love to start with saying um, I have photographed their engagement and their wedding, and I feel their story is very special and something that I've been wanting to share. Um, so which one of you would like to start with with sharing your love story? Hmm, okay, I guess I'll start. So um, born and raised in New Jersey, I was, and... Um, I grew up in a small church, and after a while, um, I started to ask God if there was more to just small living and just Mm -hmm. kind of living at home, and um, growing up with someone in my family who was in a deep addiction, I started to also journal down when I was 12 years old. Uh, God, I want to help people like this who are in addiction. And that's really where uh, my desire to um, serve started. And at the same time, um, I also was journaling down that um, about my husband, about my my future husband, and that I really wanted someone who would, we would work together. I even looked back not too long ago at those journal entries. You still have them? Yes. And so I, um, yeah, I just started to pray from a young age and was, of course, encouraged by my church to pray and about these things and the matters. And so um, then a time came when I was a teenager uh, when I found out that there was a church, a new church opening up with a rehab center, and they were going to be helping people uh, who are in addiction, um, a life change center. And so I started to become really interested, like, wow, God, this is something that I've been praying for. Mm-hmm. I thought, surely this is something that you, you know, that I'm interested in joining. And so, um, there I was, I started to come, go to this church, to their prayer meetings and, uh, that's when I met Victor. Victor moved to New Jersey, we served um, two years. He served in the rehab center, and um, I saw his fervency. And um, he was like a sweater when he 
preached and uh. he would kind of stand <laughs> on his tippy toes because he was so passionate. And I used to think, wow, like, what a godly man. And uh, <laughs> I remember in your green uh, collared shirt. And uh, yeah, that's where, that's, that's where I started to, I guess you can say, fall in love with him. And, uh, yeah, do you want to step in anywhere? Yeah, so in 2012, uh, I was very lost and just looking for something. I got into just a deep addiction, and uh, there was no way out for me whatsoever. And I'm not going to go into detail, but it's just about as deep as you can get. And um, I was led to a Christian rehab center in Portland, Oregon, where I'm originally from. And there I, uh, I met the Lord, even though I grew up in a Christian family and I heard everything there for the first time, the Bible just opened up to me. And I was like, man, I wish I got to know the Lord uh, sooner. If I knew these truths sooner, my life would have been changed. So when I started reading and the word became open, opening up to me, I just got very serious about it. And so this just passion to want to preach this word and live by it built and I remember after I completed the program I went through missionary training I started just living and I started having a past it's very easy to fall back if you aren't grounded and if you're not surrounded by the proper company and um, I just started seeing this void and I was like man I don't ever want to go back to that lifestyle Mm -hmm. so I went and talked with my pastor and I said hey uh, after missionary school I was supposed to go to Mozambique and my visa didn't come through and it's finally came through and I have this void and I was like, I'd like to go to Mozambique. And John, um, at that time, looked at me and said, well, how about you come to New Jersey? We're opening a new base in New Jersey. And I thought inside, well, I'm not trying to go to a place that's exactly like the place where I'm living at mm-hmm. in America. I want to go somewhere where I can get the real experience. But after just kind of like praying about it and pondering, I just knew I needed to go there. And, uh, so when I moved out here in 2014, a short time after that conversation with my pastor, um, I remember the first time we came to some kind of youth gathering. At this point, I wasn't really too interested in youth gatherings, different things. I just really wanted to do uh, what God called me to do. And that's why I was making that sacrifice, moving to New Jersey, a place that uh, was, you can say, on the opposite side uh, of the country. I remember... Um, coming to an event and uh, Diana walked through the door. This is the first time I saw her and uh, she just really caught my eye. So love at first sight. It was a love at first sight, <laughs> but it wasn't like uh, you see in the movies or you hear where it was just kind of years of just kind of holding that in. Mm-hmm. So I just remember seeing her and I was like, wow, what a, uh, awesome, uh, what an awesome sister. Uh, <laughs> Very holy. And... Uh, and then I just heard that she's in a worship and that uh, very different background from me. And I was like, well, somebody's going to be blessed with, with her uh, as their yeah. wife. Those were just my inner thoughts. Um, yeah. And after that, I was just serving, serving. And I noticed that she started coming around. But I really was just trying to focus on my calling at that time. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, the center ministry and just street evangelism and different things locally here in PA, New Jersey and New York. And uh, 
Yeah, he was very hard to. I could never <laughs> flirt with you Aww. or ever. <laughs> so he was on your mind to flirt with him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was never possible because he was very much in purpose driven. And I would get upset, like, why isn't he sticking around in our youth yeah. gatherings? Why can't we ever talk one on one? Yeah, so. At that point, they would play games and different things, and I'd be like, I don't really want to play any games or anything. I just got my thoughts. When you have so many different things and you're working with, with people, sometimes it's kind of difficult to discern when is the time to just have fellowship, put everything aside, and, mm-hmm. and all these, especially if you live with the brothers and they're watching your every step. But I remember years passed by, and she uh, made the decision to start attending our church, which was a surprise because she comes from a very established you can say background and uh, i didn't give too much to it and i remember my pastor john uh he like hinted well diana's a wonderful sister and i was like eh, <laughs> just kind of brushed that aside but i knew there was going to be a change in my life when we were doing street evangelism in new york city and we would go- be going from subway to subway and in the car sharing the gospel and on the streets and as difficult as that was we would see uh, fruits from that we would testify and share the gospel with people and I remember this one moment we went out and I went from a cart to the next car and I look over the Hudson as we're passing it and uh, something's like uh, you know change is going to come into your life and I can't say it was like an audible voice but I felt like a change is going to come and wow. something inside of me kept saying that you're going to propose on the Hudson Wow. And it was I was like praying against it you know I'm like <laughs> I don't at this point I don't have a job uh I gave everything up. I'm serving at this rehab center uh, and uh, serving at a church. And I sold my car. I sold everything. The only thing I really brought with me was some clothes and a laptop and some finances. And so, you know, two years later, I'm on this subway and God's already somewhat established. And I know what I'm called to do. And I keep hearing like my thoughts just rotate and I can't push him away. And the next time we go out, same place, something's going <laughs> to tell me inside I'm going to propose on the Hudson. And I told uh, my uh, <laughs> close friend Artem at the time, uh, who was the director of the rehab center. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like some kind of change is going to happen. And he's like, basically said in a joking way, you're probably going to get married. Um, <laughs> and... At that point, I was like... Was that confirmation for you? That wasn't confirmation specific because it's. I was still just very confused. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right. And then I talked uh, with my pastor. And I was like, John, I just I was just kind of like talking with him. And he's, uh, and he's again, kind of brought Diana up. But he didn't know that at this point, like that already started being stirred inside me. I saw mm-hmm. her dedication on the mission field in Mexico and Honduras when she would go out. I saw her dedication in church to the things of God. And I was like, wow. Um, but I had no idea that she liked me. Like she mm-hmm. said, she was trying to find moments at, uh, like to talk. There was never a moment yeah. where we were able to even just sit and talk or really get to know each other personally. It was always just in group setting. And maybe that was some purpose. Maybe God mm-hmm. wanted the two yeah. to be molded yeah. like perfectly before you were yeah. put together. I really think yeah. so. And at uh, at this same time, um, there. So um, I remember a brother. I was in the worship ministry, and a brother that was living in the center and also partaking in worship ministry had told me that uh, at that time there was um, 
a man who came to the center and he had passed away as he was going through withdrawals and everything um, only being in the center for a few days and um, he told me that Victor grabbed him into his arms and you know they were both just rushing to the car to go bring him to the hospital and get him help and he said yeah and Victor was just screaming and crying out to God God help him and just asking Um. for his for you know God for the situation and I remember hearing that and I was just floored and I thought I told you this many times but that's when it really like wow it I just it yeah, like I'm gonna marry closer. that man not, like, not I, exactly the love story I here. thought no, I like that. for me that was because wow. it was your character yeah. that she was falling in love with I will never forget that 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 would that showed me his heart like his yeah. deep you know his intentions and for doing the work of God and like I said going back to my you know growing up with a, uh, someone in my family who was in addiction uh, that really stood out to me and that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was looking for for going back to those journal entries I wanted someone who would um, you know we would work along alongside one another and help people who are in addiction. So that really stood out to me. And that's when I started to really fight hard against these thoughts that, wow, I like Victor. I like him. And, you know, um, then I started to go on missions at that point because I wanted to distract. I wanted to push the distractions away. And I thought, oh, Satan, you're just tempting me. I just want to focus on you, God, and just keep moving forward. And at that time, I was graduating high school. And so I thought, oh, there's just so many opportunities ahead of me. I can go to Bible school, go to missions. And I had already at that point um, visited Mexico to um, the God Will Provide base in Mexico, in Matamoros, Mexico. And so I thought, oh, they're going to have an orphanage soon. Maybe I can serve there and just kind of figure it out, like mm-hmm. what's gonna, what I'm going to do in, with my life and career and everything. And so, um, yeah, that's what I was going to do. My plan was um, right after graduation, I will either go to Bible school or go on missions. And so I had this like just so many opportunities and I was praying, but I couldn't push aside these thoughts like well what if you're gonna get married and what if Mm -hmm. you're gonna get married to Victor and I was like oh that's crazy and so I started to fast Uh I started to fast and pray God please reveal to me you know where you want me to go and so I sure enough I was fasting is this is Victor you know is this a potential road and at that point I also started to notice that we would kind of, you know, we started to chat a little bit Uh in the midst of youth gatherings. and. um, So I'm going to just share. So in the midst of all these things that she's talking about, we don't want to make our story seem like those super like spiritual prayer and fasting, all Mm -hmm. these things. We were just kind of doing what we uh, knew we should do because of all the things going on on in our minds. But I remember... The after I personally talked with someone and I was like, okay, uh, he was just like, just send a text message. So I sent her a text message and uh, instead of getting the reply like, hey, how are you doing? I just said, hey, how are you doing? Instead of getting like this reply from her, 
she replied back with some kind of reply like oh good just getting ready for ministry so she gave this like really really uh tough reply in, i remember in getting the text and and calling my friend lily right away and saying <laughs> lily he said how are you what do i say do i reply or is this about ministry is this really why mm-hmm. he's asking me and so i replied and said i think it was very wise good <laughs> i was being very safe because yeah. i was like why is he talking to me personally why is he texting me but and so then, I replied like, oh, good. I'm, And yes, I will be doing worship tonight at prayer. Then I reply like, well, how about that cup of coffee that uh, I mentioned before to like really just get that answer I'm looking for? So <laughs> you did ask her out for some coffee. Yeah. Um, so it was like... <laughs> he had mentioned loosely uh-huh. like, oh, you know, maybe It was we'll like one of those times where we, I think, flirted or just like very like basically... Out of... Just in the moment. Yeah, in the moment. And uh, I, I held on to that, <laughs> and I used it when the time came. And the time was right. Yeah. But that's... Uh, then we went on a first date. Yeah. Um, for us, it was one of those things uh, where on the first date, we already just... We've had these things going on for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Bubbling where up. Where mm-hmm. when we started talking, it's as if like we were already... Already, know. already like in a relationship we're like yeah. wow but uh, she just directly asked me you know like what are you looking for and i just said i'm looking to marry you so on the first day um we were talking just i told her my vision what i see for my life and for my family and she shared hers and it was uh we Very just, similar. And we shared that yeah. we were both fasting and praying about this because we were so scared to do the wrong thing, make the wrong move if this mm-hmm. wasn't from God. We were both very like, we, we made it known that we were very carefully <laughs> mm-hmm. taking steps forward. And so we felt like it was right. But after that, it was just like we, it was, we just, we knew that um, this would be, you know, a, a blessed marriage. Um, and Three months later, we got engaged, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we can ask Sandra. She took the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three months later. Three months later. So you proposed on the Hudson. I proposed on the Hudson, yeah, on wow. the boat that we rented out. Uh, she had no idea because that day I almost missed it. Mm-hmm. I got stuck at a job site, had a crazy experience, got really crazy glue on my hands. My oh. hands were completely covered in black. Very I couldn't wash it off for a couple of hands. On the way there, I'm acting nervous, so she thinks I'm going to possibly propose. We get on the boat, and I get seasick. Oh, no. <laughs> so she was just like, what is going on? Until mm-hmm. I finally popped the question. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then six months later, we got married. And then, mm. what was it, a month later? I that's... don't know dates too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I want to talk to you about because I've never heard of a couple like shortly after getting married because you basically went on two honeymoons, right? And or one was. Oh, it? So we went to we went to Mexico for our uh-huh. honeymoon, and then shortly after, what would you say, like two months after we got married? Um, that's when we went to Mozambique. No, it was longer than that. I'm not. It was already so far back. No, because I was pregnant. I. I got pregnant. Okay, we so we ordered like, yeah. our tickets to Mozambique, and then I found out I was pregnant. Oh wow! So you yeah. were and pregnant thought, in Mozambique. Wow. Okay, I <laughs> wow. guess we're going. I guess I'm gonna be pregnant. 
So as newlyweds, what placed it in your heart to go to Mozambique so soon after getting married? So I had finally gotten all like my documents, all my things situated. Um, but when I was talking with my wife, I said, there, there's, you can go on a mission trip because you have a desire and you want to go do good things. And uh, you can also go on a mission trip when you, you know you need to be there. For example, um, I was serving locally. So personally, I felt like that's my missionary field locally in New Jersey, in PA, working with people in the rehab center, 101 counseling. And I had brought it up to him like, hey, because I had heard of other couples who said, oh, it's such a wonderful thing to just right off the bat, just yeah. go surf together, you know, wow. on a missions trip so that you um, kind of can just start off that way. Our, our pastor and his wife did that for their actual honeymoon. They went on a missions trip. And so um, I thought, well, I had mentioned it to Victor, like, what if we do that? What if we do something like that? Go out on the missions trip. And he said, okay, well, go, piggybacking off of what he just said, like, okay, let's pray about it. Let's see, you know, I don't want to just jump there just because I want to go. Let's mm-hmm. let's not go off of emotion. Let's pray about it. And, yeah. really, and so I started to really pray. Um, I, I don't know. I just started having a really a burning desire mm-hmm. to go. And I knew that it was from the Lord because it just didn't go away. Like it was, I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And so um, I was praying, Lord, well, I can't, force him i want to go but i can't force him and so reveal it to him if this is your will and sure enough um, maybe a few weeks went by and victor came home from church and said honey i think we're gonna go to mozambique wow i just had a meeting with our pastor and he's asking us to go so what happened is they what we new jersey was responsible not only for the rehab center um in our ministry, our ministry is international. So every single state that we have a church and rehab center in, we also oversee a project in a different part of the world. For us, it was uh, Somalia, Japan, and Mozambique. And we tried to send groups out to just uh, uphold the local ministries there. We do, we have churches there and we have whatever the need in that country is, that's the direction we, we go. We pray before we go and we just, once it's situated, we already know that that's where God has called us. So Mozambique, that was one of our first projects. It was one of the more difficult ones. Um, and so they were just asking for uh, for me to take a team out to go uphold the local church and do crusades uh, in different villages. And, and it's not like the kind of conferences we're used to, the kind of gatherings we're used to. It's very much out in the open, on yes. your trees, wherever, you know, you know you in. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, okay, well, when I was asked, I was like, well, this there is a reason to go. Personally, um, I've n- never let a, just a, a good amount of people out to go. Uh, and so I, I told her, but after that, I also told her multiple times, I don't think we're going to go. And that would really just kind of break her because she wanted to go. And I was like looking at the financial and I was looking at this and the timing. We didn't have a dollar to our name yeah. so early on. And so he's like, okay, well, we'll see if we can raise finances if, mm-hmm. if this is really meant to be. And I, I remember that I told her, we're just not going to go. I made the decision. I was like, we just can't. And we were, um, we were at our conference in Portland, Oregon. And in the middle of the conference, uh, I was just kind of just praying about it. And just like, I still had a desire to, to go. But I was looking at, um, you know, the things that we look at. 
the finances, the number one, and just different things. She was pregnant. And uh, during the conference, I just felt like, okay, just make a decision to go. Uh, I will bless you. It was, again, it was just like, mm-hmm. I just knew I needed to go. I was like, all right. I felt it in your heart. Yeah, I told her we're going to put it on our credit cards. And I know it's not the wisest thing to do. I'm like, but God will provide. That's the name of our That's ministry. That's the name. Yeah, God will provide. And after that, we go to a relative's house of mine. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm just ordering tickets to fly out. And they're like, all right, order them. Here's my card. And wow. so right after that, both tickets were <laughs> provided for. That's and, amazing. And that was a just another By confirmation. Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was not uh, easy. Yeah, we just found yeah. out. So it was right before we ordered our tickets. You reminded me. Yeah. That we found out that we were pregnant two months after we got married. And so we thought, okay, um, we'll go and we'll go pregnant yeah. together. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. yeah, so we so, decided to move forward and just... And how long were you there for? Was it a month? Six weeks. Six yeah. weeks. We Six weeks. For. And I remember when you guys came back from your trip, we met here at my house um, and to talk over albums, your wedding album, yeah. to finally get that yeah. done oh. for you. And then just having the two of you share about your trip really stirred something in my heart and I just felt it was so incredible just to hear of the two of you dedicating your time to go as newlyweds and I've never heard that before like I've heard of like individual trips or going um, as a group but then as you guys spoke to me and I remember you sharing videos of the kids singing and all of that and you guys were radiating and maybe it was because of your pregnancy but you were glowing (laughs) (laughs) and you guys were just like beautiful so um, I I remember um, speaking to the two of you and I know in Mozambique they speak Portuguese and then it was just like at that moment, I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. And it was really because of the two of you Aww. speaking to me and sharing so your... Awesome. Yeah. And I ended up going by myself. And it was just an incredible experience. I actually got really sick um, <laughs> the first week. Oh. And I, when I got, I got so sick that I couldn't breathe. I felt like yeah. I was breathing through a straw. Um, it was some type of flu because my face swelled up everything and I was just like I want to go home it was the third day in or third or fourth day in and I'm like I'm going to go home and um, the, um, the pastor who was there the one who was leading everything I forgot his name Joseph um, no he. I think it was someone who came after him um, mm. I don't think he's there anymore either Tefazo Yes, he was married to Young, Mama had, Tanya. Pastor Tembo. Tembo, oh, yes, yeah. Pastor Tembo. Yeah. So I remember I was crying. I couldn't breathe. I yeah. was just really struggling. And he prayed over me. And he was like, you can go home tomorrow if you'd like, but you don't know what God has for you if you don't stay. And I was like, he yeah. had to say that to me, didn't he? <laughs> so so <laughs> just going to interrupt. The interesting thing is when I had the decision to move out here, mm-hmm. Everything was going pretty well for me at the time. Like I had a very well, uh, a good job. I had things going. And I remember I was like, God, if I don't go, uh, am I not? What's going to happen? Like, is that, is that if I don't go there, I'm going to completely miss it. And sometimes as people, we get confused mm-hmm. when we battle these kinds of thoughts. And yeah. I just remember just, um, just getting this reply. And the reply was based on the word of God mm-hmm. is, I will bless you wherever you are as long as you hold on to my word. 
But if you go to this place, you're going to see my hand in a mighty way. This is where I want you. And so the reply that I got is like, if I'm staying here locally, God, you could have went back home. Doesn't mean God that just stops going with Mm -hmm. you. He would have been with you, you going back home. But you staying back, uh, you got to see a lot of great things. And the same thing, like now when I think about that, um, I think of my family. I think of my kids. Mm -hmm. I think of just the soul's. If you didn't come to uh, yeah. New Jersey. I'm like, I could have just kind of, I don't know what could have happened. Yeah. So it's very important that in those moments, difficult, you know, moments that we, we really just seek out what the word of God has to say to us. You don't easily give up. At, yeah. yeah. And that's my, uh, my human tendency is to yeah. give up when things get difficult. Oh, absolutely. So when you were there, did you encounter anything that was difficult for the two of you? Mm-hmm. And how did you overcome it? So... Between us, other than the environment changes, which were just, it was like, wow. you was, know, you we, come. We went there, um, it was our fall. It was in September, yeah. October, November-ish area. It was November, yeah. November. And so it was um, 113 degrees wow. outside at that time. And yeah. I was pregnant, nauseous, wow. yeah, it was craving. <laughs> and... And, and the bathroom situation is different yeah, there there's with the shower. No yeah. AC, no electricity, no refrigerator. Mm-hmm. There was no. Now, was that the time we flew out with the entire team? Yeah, that was. So the, the uh, before we even got there, this is why it's so important for us to not give up. Uh, when we flew out, when we were flying out of JFK, the person with the Ukrainian passport was not allowed to fly out. Somehow, by God's grace and mercy, on our team, yeah. we just kept uh, saying, no, you don't need a visa to fly in because you don't. And sometimes the systems are so mixed up. So last second, they finally gave in and they got the confirmation. They literally escorted us right onto the plane. Wow. Uh, there was yeah, about like that. eight, nine of us. We fly in and two sisters flew ahead of us. They came to Mozambique. And you have to understand that you know, different countries, you're working with different people. They don't Absolutely. have the privilege of so a lot of times people try to make money off of you as soon as they see an American passport. Yeah. So those sisters flew in and instead of paying $80 to get in, they wanted $400. Oh, wow. Uh, because they tried to fight it and we got some officials involved that our pastor knew. Um, the airport security decided, you know, what? it's better for us to deport them so this thing doesn't go viral. And they told us that if you guys fly in, you will get deported also. We were a day um, after that. Yeah, so in. they got deported into South Africa, and we just flew into South Africa. Oh. And uh, we've been through a lot of these things, so it's not like we fly out with no experience. Mm-hmm. So we knew that there's an embassy, Mozambique embassy, in Moz- in South Africa. So we went into the South African uh, Mozambique embassy, got our visas, and the same two sisters that a day before got deported just got their stuff and we flew back in without a problem wow so again it's we knew we were able to fly in Mm -hmm. just there was just some hardened hearts they tried to make money and when the sister said when she flew back in uh the same person that deported her uh, waved and welcomed welcomed her her back in (laughs) i remember thinking in south africa as we're driving to the mozambique embassy we were just talking amongst one another like it was definitely Are a difficult time. Are we going to go to Mozambique? Yeah. We all signed up for weeks and weeks. Is this even going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. we could come there and who knows what they'll tell us. You know, they the, could easily deny The us. good news is that month our uh, mission was opening up a base in South Africa. So we're like, what's the worst that's going to happen? We're going to get yeah, South Africa. We'll just serve in another country, uh-huh. you know. 
So what's funny is the person with the Ukrainian passport that couldn't get in and JFK got on a plane and flew in there because he had a Ukrainian passport. They didn't really Easily. care. They didn't even want wow. to look at We that. got our stuff. We flew in. Hard, yeah. And that was one of the first challenges. That was for me as leading the group. I was like, man, there's going to be a lot of very angry people at me if we don't make it. Yeah. <laughs> but but God was given thinking, a faith. We thought like, I remember us agreeing. Of course, after yeah. we had already... Um, gotten our Mozambique uh, visas we were all cheery and happy <laughs> but we thought I remember saying amongst one another there must be something great ahead of us yeah. and there's yeah. such opposition uh, to even step foot into so before we got those visas we went to a, there was two embassies we went to the first they said you're not getting anything so again yeah. we were told yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can't go on this mission trip so as people it's very important for us to not at those moments say well this isn't from God and start mm-hmm. questioning to just continue trying. If you're going on a mission trip or if you have desires and paperwork or visas yeah. or finances is an issue, common. just continue trusting God. And yeah. if you don't go, have the mentality like, all right, well, I'll just go the next time. But continue being persistent about it because mm-hmm. hundreds of missionaries that I know, thousands, almost every one of them had a situation yeah. where you just got to keep fighting, fighting, yeah. fighting, fighting. And so we went from that embassy. We're now really discouraged. We go to the next <laughs> Why embassy. Why would the next embassy say you yeah. can go if the first one said no? So the next embassy, within 20 minutes, gave us all visas. God and we, gave you the favor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so that was one of the challenges that we really just had to like. She was really my support. And, mm-hmm. and we were just trusting God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got there, faced the fleshly challenges of no uh, electricity and being pregnant and then one day I remember Victor woke up the wake up there is usually around like 5 a.m mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember and Victor woke up grabbed his clothes went to the bathroom to brush his teeth so before this because I already know what you're gonna say before this I started okay. feeling really sick personally oh, okay. I don't know why right. this is but right. almost on every that. mission trip I go to in Africa uh, whether it's Kenya or Somalia or Ethiopia, wherever it is that I, I, for some reason, always get sick for like two, three days. And every time I think it's malaria, I was like, malaria got me this time. Um, <laughs> so very similar to the experience you had, I had a temperature of like 107 or 106. 105, 106, yeah. And that's it was very high. Yeah. all uh, malaria symptoms. Everything uh, tested negative for malaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, four days about three days completely out of commission i'm like man what is going on um i had to take care of him so i i i thought well why is he gonna go to i remember her hospital uh, there and and, like i can i will take better care of him because he will have a a private nurse who's just taking care of him and so I remember messaging all of my sisters and saying, help me. I don't know what to do to take his fever down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I was in a new, we're newlyweds. I didn't know anything about taking care of anyone except for myself. And so they were like, you do this and this, take vinegar, take uh, whatever yeah, vinegar you can, really you know, helped. natural vinegar. remedies uh-huh. to help bring down yeah. his temperature. So I remember just taking rags and soaking them in whatever vinegar I could find in the mission-based house that they had and just rubbing his feet and praying over him and just really scared that something, like, who knows what could happen. Praise God, at this time, the teams continued moving forward. They were going from village to village, just preaching the gospel. Um, 
it so was you got better a little bit. it ended up being strep throat because a lot of the times you're traveling in vehicles out in the open switching conditions so mm-hmm. sharing um, water bottles because you're just well, so thirsty between one another <laughs> no. but yeah. that so that was a real big tr- challenge for us to get through um well, thank goodness it yeah. was only a few days and that you didn't get sick since yeah. you were pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing. Visas and different sicknesses are very, very common yeah. because you step into a different environment. Yeah. Uh, for example, for even a six-week trip, we only drink out of water bottles because we didn't want to mm-hmm. get typho. And there's just a lot of different things that you just have to also be aware of what you're, where you're going to the environment. And um, then something else. So happened. we were we had a... Three days a day, uh, three times a day, a couple times a day, village to village, kids ministry and street evangelism. We would have a whole band come up together. It was multiple vehicles just out in the sun, just ministering. Mm-hmm. We had a powerful service, if you remember, of like 200 people getting baptized, oh, 250 yeah. people. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and I then did we, witness it. How beautiful is it that you guys got to experience yeah. such a multitude of baptisms it kind of makes me think of like John the Baptist, like it when yeah. he was baptizing Jesus. There must have been so many people around. Um, so like just that moment when I was there, I was just like, wow, this is like almost like the Bible yeah. is coming to life in mm-hmm. a sense. So now for those that maybe can't go on the mission field, mm-hmm. like you also just understand when you hear people ask, uh, like asking for finances or different things for projects, like all of that took so much finances. We personally brought our own finances. We fundraised. But even feeding a couple thousand people and then going and doing these baptisms, that required driving people all day long yeah. to bring them there. Finances the for gasoline, yeah. picking so, them up from their villages hours and hours away. So you can donate and in a sense not be there, but just be but kind be of there. reaping that reward. Take I, you know, and just like a humble servant before God, it'd be, yeah. you know, a crown of glory is awaiting you for those things. And sometimes we... We hear so many negative things, um, but we just have to understand that God is in like full control. And it's really a team effort of the body of Christ to Absolutely. do this. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like we all have a part. Yeah. And uh, my grandmother says like how she wishes that she can go yeah. she, because of her age, she doesn't um, physically think that she could handle going on a trip. Yeah. So she donates to missionaries, and for her, she feels like it, that's like a part yeah. of her going yeah, is by giving yeah. for someone else to actually do do the work yeah. um so yeah there's different ways to be involved yeah. in missions yeah. um so tell me about what you guys have planned now is there anything in the horizon with mm. <laughs> so right now we have two boys who are on a mission trip locally <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh our biggest mission trip as i shared with you um before the podcast is uh the rehab center right now in New Jersey that we purchased, we purchased a new house. Um, it, by God's grace and mercy, actually happened in a time when it's difficult in our country with coronavirus and all mm-hmm. the things. And uh, this door was opened up to purchase this house that we've been looking for for two years. Yeah. And it was for a lot less than what the person was asking for. The economy is really good right now. So that was already a confirmation that the, they accepted the offer. Yeah. And we bought the house. Um, you know, sometimes it's like we hear that passage where it says it's not wise to build without looking at the finances. But then we also see scripture like 
you know, I, I call you to go out and don't take your possessions and different things just take mm -hmm. this and this and this with you and that's how it was with Go this house yeah. yeah we have the plans and we've seen god do it before and so we purchased this house um with absolutely nothing and within uh the next couple of weeks we dem demoed the entire thing and now um we have the drainage that's being put in we're having uh electrical come out we're having hvac and these different uh different people come out um, so that's our mission right now. So, yeah, that is our local mission right here in New Jersey. Um, we started out like as a church, just uh, some brothers who finished the program not too long, a couple of years ago. Um, just kind of people who don't really have uh, a lot of money that can write out checks. We just started, mm -hmm. we came in agreement, we just prayed, we trusted God. And within like three months, we looked over from about twenty-five to $30,000 just came in. Yeah. All we do is we just share about the testimonies and what God has done in the purpose. And we're just seeing how God's coming through for every single need. So we're really yeah. seeing that passage come to life. So right now we can't really go out, you can say, yeah. uh, overseas, but just locally. And this is mm -hmm. um, in our rehab ministry uh, where God is just opening doors and we're seeing the blessings and we're waiting for people off the streets to start coming in, people in addiction. Yeah. But yeah. also another thing that in the midst of this pandemic that we're in right now, where the doors to Japan closed and, and different places, our pastor uh, just had a burning desire and he came out to the streets with the uh, verses about just um, going out and feeding the poor and considering the widow. Mm -hmm. And he was led to um, some uh, people who were helping feed uh, the homeless in uh, New, New Brunswick. Brunswick. Yeah, wow, and so close to home. Yeah, yeah, right in New Brunswick, in the middle of everything. And what he began to share with them, and they said, "Well, the a lot of the kitchens, uh, the feeding kitchens, closed down." Oh, I didn't know that. It's because of Corona, they're starting to open back up, uh -huh. and so this church uh, in the middle of New Brunswick just took this upon themselves, and they from. Like every starting a, about a year now, yeah. 80 people have been fed every single day. Thank God. Uh, presents yeah. and different things to children being give, given out. Yeah, presents during Christmas time. So beautiful. needed for them to bring home to their children or their partners or spouses food, a yeah. hot dinner every single so day. So right now, like throughout the week, uh, we're having people cook every two weeks and bring the food there and it's being distributed. And other churches are partaking and... Uh, every Wednesday at 5.30 to 7.30, um, volunteers go out to help. And a lot of different churches are getting involved. And um, I'm, you know, someone yeah. like me who's a mom is able to partake not by going, but just by making a hot meal and a part of the hot meal and sending it out. So it's really a group effort yeah. of people who are able to put into to, to helping people who are in need. So um, I also think that with, with this being said, um, it's important for whoever is listening to consider that even if they aren't able to go on a missionary trip, that there are so many different ways and yeah. opportunities to, to, to you know, be on a missionary trip, but in your own hometown mm -hmm. or somewhere near you. Um, just because you can't go in this season of your life, let's say you're a mom or... Just someone who's working, or you, you know, you can totally, um, you can totally just serve where you are at. So if I have someone here listening that is 
touched by everything that you're saying, how can they reach you or reach a, a way to help volunteer or help in finances or um, cook a meal, any way that they feel touched to? So what's the best way for them to be in contact? Uh, so if anybody out there is listening and they would like to um, just get a hold of us, maybe you're local and you want to go out, uh, go out Wednesday night and, and help or you want to you have a construction background, you want to come help on the house every Saturday, um, you can get a hold of us. So I'll give you my uh, email and you can post that. Absolutely. Um, or you can go to uh, gwpnj.org, uh, gwpnj.org, and um, there is a contact section where you can send us uh, an email or you can contact us. There's a phone number there. And we can just, uh, you know, if you're in need of prayer support, if you need of counseling, we have people that are available to help. Um, if you want to go out, we can help, you know, connect uh, you, connect you yeah. to um, the right place. So I'll have that in the description below on, mm -hmm. uh, with the podcast. So if anyone is interested, we'll have that link for you as well. Um, yeah. Do you have any final things that you'd like to share or a prayer that you'd like to say? Uh, I just want to say a few encouraging words and maybe you can finish off with, with prayer, sweetie. Yeah. Um, so just to everyone that's listening, we are living in, in such a time where there's so much uncertainty, but I just want to pass on to you the simple gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came into this world for every single one of us. And he says that he is greater than fear. He's greater than anxiety. He's greater than any kind of depression. Anything that happens in your life, uh, the Bible tells us that he who is in us is greater and he brings us comfort. He gave us the comfort of the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us through these things. And so we're living in a time with so much different things going on. But like in Revelations, I believe it's chapter 2, Jesus, uh, uh, John is uh, talking to uh, the seven churches and he is saying I see all these great things all these things that you're doing and then he comes and see it says but uh, I see that you've lost your first love mm -hmm. and so I think that we're living in the time where we have so many things that we're doing we want to help on the mission trips we want to help out here we want to help here but we're living in a time where I think the Bible when we look at it is telling us look first and foremost don't lose focus of Jesus Look to Jesus. Make sure your personal relationship is there. Come to Him. Come to the cross. That grace, that mercy is there. All those things He sees, but He wants to, He's longing for just fellowship with us. And so I believe that if we just hold on to the Lord, and I know it's difficult, we have so many different things, I believe that He will make Himself more known to us and He will show us the things around us. And so the things that cause us to fear, that cause us to go into different kinds of things. He reveals those things. And so we understand that he's greater, he's mightier, and it yeah. just brings such a peace into our lives. And so I just uh, I just encourage us in this time to just reevaluate, examine. He says that, uh, look, remember in that chapter, mm -hmm. he says, repent if there's some things, and then he says, do. So look over your life. Uh, if there's things that you need to let go of, surrender them to his feet and then move. Don't get stuck on the current situations, different kinds of things. So I just want to encourage everyone with those verses. That's what we are called to. We're called to be the light. We're called to just pass on that gospel. He sees and sympathizes with everything that we go through. Amen. Amen. Thank you for Amen. that encouragement. Amen. Thank yeah. you. So I guess we can end in prayer. Yes, yeah. if you'd like to do the honors. Yeah. 
Father God, we thank you so much, God, for just bringing us here today and just um, reminding us of um, where you brought us from and, and how you've created this love story, God. It is, it is for your glory, Jesus. I pray that, Father God, that you would continue to move through each and every one of us, God. Um, help us to, Father, serve you. Help us to have a boldness. Help us to just have the revelation, God, of where you want to bring us, God. Um, help us to um, hear you, God, when you when you speak to us and tell us um, how you want us to serve you, God. I pray, Jesus, that you would just continue to um, move through each and every one of us. Bless whoever is listening, God. Maybe, maybe they have a tug on their heart. I pray that you would just confirm and speak to them, God. Um, from through your word, God, through confirmation, God, that you are uh, speaking to them and you want them to act. You want to, them to go spread the fire, God, the fire of Christ to another person, God, whether it's in another country or whether it's to their next door neighbor, God. I yes. pray that you would just reveal to us, reveal to each and every person who's listening, God, our next steps and how to move forward how to just spread the gospel god all for your glory may your name be glorified in jesus name amen, amen. in jesus name amen well diana and victor thank you so so much for sharing your love story sharing your love first and foremost to uh, for god yeah. and just seeing like a, a part of your story of um, missions yeah. and um i i look forward to learning more about um, and seeing things as they develop in your lives. Yeah. And um, you really encouraged me today. And I hope that you also encouraged anyone who's listening. Um, thank you again for having, for coming over and having this conversation with me. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so I can see. Give me your eyes. Lord, give me your eyes so I can see.